Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to say thanks to Huddle for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Remember at Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their teams play better using video and analytics. Huddle's a complete performance platform. They've got online tools, they have smart cameras, they've always had analytics, but there's so much more. Huddle's also built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high school and college programs, and even the pros use Huddle to help their teams perform at the highest level. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes and a lot of their parents. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We also want to thank Final Forms. Final Forms is the industry leader in registration, but Final Forms is a lot more than that. Final Forms is a team, it's technology, and they provide schools with compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility. They have reminders for parents about policies and physicals and all the forms that come with athletics. Final Forms can also help with team communication and attendance and even certification management for coaches. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time for you to talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. We also want to thank Gipper. Gipper is the way that athletic directors, coaches, and schools create world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels in seconds. Go to gipper.com and find out how you can create world-class content without needing any design experience. As I like to say, it's so simple, even I can do it. We use Gipper for our backdrop, we use Gipper for our announcements, and you can use Gipper to create world-class marketing content. Go to gipper.com for more information. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can find out more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your program by going to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thanks to our newest sponsor, SnapRaise. Go to snapraise.com and find out how they can help you and your teams begin raising money to help supplement your programs. Remember, better fundraising makes better programs, and SnapRaise is the best, okay? Choosing the best fundraiser for you and your group is critical, and SnapRaise makes the difference. It's easy and effective, it's safe and secure, and you can track participation and progress throughout the fundraising campaign. Go to snapraise.com, and check out their testimonials from the schools that they have helped raise thousands of dollars. That's snapraise.com. Change your fundraising game plan. We also want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. They sponsor the Athletic Director's Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also connects you with the 95% of the parents and the student athletes that really love your program, and it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials, and then give them a call. You can also email them at info at athleticsurveys.com for more information. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive Indoor Scoring Tables and Video Boards. We have a Sideline Interactive Video Scoring Table at our gym and it is fantastic. They not only help you raise money for your program, 
but they can also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call them at 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs for their support. Remember, they've got a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles, along with an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. To um, find out more information and let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Or you can call them at 614-981-3589 or email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're going out west a little bit to the great state of Utah, and we're going to be visiting with uh, one of my new friends, Missy Mackie Whiters. Missy is a certified athletic administrator, and she's the athletic director for the Salt Lake City School District in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, we connected at the uh, most recent uh, NADC conference. Uh, just had a great time sharing ideas, and uh, we're very excited to have her on the podcast. Missy, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Thanks, Jake. I'm excited to get your new book, by the way. Uh, well, um, as always, these interviews uh, help make those books happen, and you are going to be part of the third edition of the Athletic Director's Toolbox, which will be coming out probably in the spring or summer of 2023. So appreciate that. Uh, as we were sharing before we started recording, uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us uh, that three or four minute bio, where you were born, where you grew up and went to school and uh, um, how that all started. I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, um, born and raised here and still live here. I ventured out a couple of times to uh, move in other states, but always end up back in Utah. And this is where my family is. And uh, now that I've got grandchildren, this is where it seems to be planted. So um, I grew up here and went through all of our, all my schooling, including my college. Um, when I was a senior in high school, um, there I was missing school quite a bit. And so my counselor put me up to the University of Utah because um, I had all my credits to graduate. So I started actually in my senior year and went up and played softball at the University of Utah. Oh, wow. um, at that time, and you know, in 1974, um, we were going through our Title IX issues, and um, and that was all a new and up and coming thing. And so, um, I was able to live and experience Title IX, and um, I'm a great proponent for it, uh, because at that time, when I was in up at the U, we only had one scholarship for the whole athletic department. And uh, Title IX was able to come in and help um, make that an equal opportunity for a lot of um, women that um, later on, and it, it probably about 76 is I think when it started, um, we were able to start seeing more and more um, scholarships that were offered to, the, to our athletic departments. And um, I then went on a mission for my church and spent um, 18 months in England and I came home and got married and just took a different path of going from um, uh, physical education to uh, accounting. And I thought that would be able to keep me where I could stay home and, and work and, and have my own business and raise my kids. And so um, I have three children, they're all growing and with a couple of grandkids now. And, um, and so it, it worked for that uh, period of time, but about five years after, oh no, it was longer than that. It was probably about seven years later, I decided to um, go back and get a master's in, so I could get a CPA. And I ran into an old um, mentor of mine up at the University of Utah. 
And she asked me why I never finished. Um, she was one of my coaches on the softball team and why I never finished my PE degree. And I gave her all my excuses. And she said, well, they were excuses. And she says, so I'll see you next quarter. And that was at the time we were still like quarters at the U. So I went up there, they took, went back and took all my credits and, and um, ended up going to finishing and my PE but I transferred up to Weber State because at that time, University of Utah had switched over to exercise and sports uh, um, instead of physical education in right. the pedagogy. So um, the gentleman who I had originally been under now was in charge of the department up at Weber. So I switched up there and finished that degree. And then um, went. I decided that I wanted to try different avenues of education. So I went to Prescott uh, College and got my certification for teaching. And it was a fine arts college. And um, it was not online because we didn't have that at that time. Mm -hmm. But it was, I was home here in Salt Lake, but then I would go like every uh, couple of months down to Prescott and do um, classes down there. And it was really a great experience. In fact, I fell in love with Prescott, Arizona and that someday that's where I would like to maybe end up and might be my ashes that'll be there, but it is a beautiful place. And then um, uh, I was, I taught for, I taught in Catholic school systems for eight years and then went into charter. And I had a principal at the time who was, I, I, I thought if he can be a principal, I can be a principal. So I went on and got my master's in administration and um, became a, 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 a principal of a charter school and an assistant principal of um, one of our uh, public schools that uh, at the same time. So um, I was able to do that. And, um, but athletics have always been my passion. And growing up in the 70s, there was a lot of rec recreation sports for women at that time. You know, um, in fact, track wasn't, girls track wasn't even really anything. We didn't have girls track in Utah. And so um, that I was allowed to be able to have a track meet um, one day when I was a senior in 1974 and pulled all the schools here in Salt Lake together and um, we were able to have one a one day track meet and with coach Craig Poole who was a great coach down at BYU he helped me put it all together so um, my love for sports has always been there so when the athletic director's position came open at Highland High School where I was at um, I asked if I could take that position, which meant then leaving um, as um, administrator. And but my true love has been in athletics. And so um, I was an athletic director at Highland High School for about seven years. And then um, the position five years came open, uh, five years ago came open for uh, the district athletic director. And I applied for that and have not looked back. And it's been a real experience. It's been a real roller coaster between um, athletic director at a school to be an athletic director for the whole district. Now, I only have three high schools, but we still, you know, we still have a lot of athletes that are in those three high schools. And um, but it has been COVID really, really made a challenge for us. And so um, we've been riding through that. And in Utah, we didn't stop um, playing sports during COVID. We continued. And it, it, my district was not in session. Um, we were online. And that was a lot of complaints from parents. Why can the sports still continue during COVID? But we couldn't do it during, we can, they can go back into the classroom. So um, we rode that, that road for two years and uh, still do. Um, I'm over the testing of all the COVID in, in my district. And, um, and so ask me anything about COVID and I probably could tell you. So I'm pretty we've, well versed in that by now. So we, we've uh, uh, kind of gotten away from, uh, from using the C word uh, for, for a while, but uh, yeah. um, I do want to uh, just quickly revisit, uh, you know, your senior year, you were actually, you know, attending, you know, university and mm -hmm. playing, you know, collegiate sports. 
and as you mentioned, this is back at the dawn of, of, of Title IX, and here we are celebrating 50 years of, of Title IX. Um, what was, um, um, you know, what was that like back then? I mean, was there any awareness of, you know, the discrepancy between the men's and women's uh, athletic departments? Anything you can, uh, you know, share with us? Oh yeah, there was it, there was big discrepancies, and and you could you could fill it. Um, I was dating a guy that was on the track team for the university at that time, and you could see that um, uh, how the women, how we were all feeling um, less than secondary, you know, second class citizens compared to what these guys were getting. Um, I mean, these the track team had ten, tons and tons of uh, scholarships, and yet we had one for the whole athletic department. And so there was a lot of uh, feelings that were going around. We lost a lot of athletes, uh, great women that went off to other colleges where uh, we were, they were able to get scholarships. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, when you look at it now, golf, women's golf scholarships are probably the least that are used. And yet that was even, that was unheard of back 50 years ago, you know, um, of having women's uh, golf scholarships. And so I, I see where there was a lot of um, animosity. And once that broke through, you that our teams, uh, the women started coming in droves, it felt like, um, that coming to the University of Utah, because we did have some great athletic teams up there. But it did take having to move some of the men's teams out and um, like wrestling was one of them. And I remembered how angry um, it was on a collegiate level uh, that, the, that they were moving men's uh, wrestling out. And so to be able to get the scholarships for the women. And then the teams were starting to become swimming and, and track then became more co-ed. And so you were seeing a more um, uh, equitable uh, situation happening within the scholarships at that time. Right. And, and again, here we are 50 years later, you know, we still have a lot of room to, uh, to go. Absolutely. But, uh, for our listeners, uh, our guest today is Missy McKay Whiter. Mackie Whiters. What? Mackie. Mackie. Okay. I Remember told you I was going to mess that up. <laughs> Missy Mackie Whiters. And she's uh, the athletic director for the Salt Lake City School District, also a certified athletic administrator. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Wall of Fame Vital Signs for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Okay. Wall of Fame by Vital Signs has a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen consoles and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments by going to vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com for more information. Let them help you bring your school's legacy to life. Welcome back, everyone. We're visiting with Missy Mackey Whiters, the athletic director for the Salt Lake City School District. Missy, you talked about you know your career, you know, teaching, coaching, becoming an AD, but Let's focus in on those first couple of years of going to the other side of the desk, you know, becoming that athletic director. Uh, share a little bit about that uh, experience. Um, I, because we didn't have full-time athletic directors in Salt Lake City School District at that time, I had to go back into the classroom at the same time. And I think every administrator should go back into the classroom at least for a couple of years because you think that you know what's going on and you really don't. Um, the kids change and they change quickly. So um, it was a challenge, um, but it was really rewarding in um, being able to get to know a lot of our students besides uh, just teaching PE. And um, I also had a pep club and I was advisor for cheer at the same time. And so I was able to work a lot with kids. And I think that was my biggest, uh, that I missed as an administrator, because a lot of times as an administrator, you're, you're there to do discipline and, um, and not the positives that come with um, helping kids get through some of their trials, but also being able to, um, their rewards, especially through, um, 
their activities. And um, so going from, from being an administrator over to the athletic director, I was really lucky because at that time, my principal still considered the athletic, athletic director as part of the administrative team. And even though we weren't paid that, we still um, were, as an administrator, we were still considered part of that team. And um, so it was, it was really an ex a great experience for me. It was right where I wanted to be. It was um, my true love, and that was working with kids um, and helping them build um, things in athletics, like what had helped me, even though we didn't have a lot of athletics that we could do in when I was growing up, except rec or church ball and stuff. Um, it was being able to help kids change lives uh, through athletics and being able to see a lot of their growth and things that helped them to be able just to be to help them to become adults. And I think that's the one thing that I've, I've really enjoyed as being um, a, a school athletic director was being able to work directly with kids. And I, and I do miss that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I remember, you know, going from being, I was a head coach and an athletic director for a number of years. And when I went to a different school, just as the athletic director, you know, you, you didn't have that uh, direct contact, you know, with kids like you did as a coach. And uh, I, I really, um, it felt like I was working hard to, you know, go out to practices and, and, and uh, make those connections. So uh, very cool stuff. Does any, um, uh, do you have an episode that kind of sticks out? Uh, you know, you talked about helping kids, uh, uh, you know, become the, their best. Anything stick out for you? Any story you can share? Well, I think um, even though pep club's not in a, a, a sport that is um, that is actually, um, I can hear my dog scratching. Um, uh, as a as as a sport, but a sanctioned sport, but it was one where it brought in a lot of kids of color and a lot of our um, Hispanic girls who. Uh, didn't really have a, a place or fit um, in, in a lot of sports. And this gave them an opportunity to be able to be in a sport. And um, I think that to me was probably the greatest um, experience that I had, I, I've had in coaching was watching girls grow um, and reach out and go outside of their boundaries that they didn't think that they could before and nor did they think they could ever be maybe somebody that was it, it, uh, in pep club because it, it didn't fit where they normally were at but it be able it was also brought in um girls in this the district that i'm in hold on sorry it wouldn't be a podcast if we uh you know didn't have a phone ringing or a bell ringing or a dog or a dog <laughs> Um, anyway, I think one of the things that it did is that the economics at the school I was at at that time, there was a big discrepancy between them. And um, it brought a lot of my kids, uh, a lot of these girls together that normally would not have been. Um, they, they don't live in the same neighborhoods. They don't go to the same area. Uh, I, a lot of them were on comp soccer, but a lot of our other girls that could not um, uh, afford comp soccer were not playing soccer. And this, it was able to, I, I watched the, the humbleness of a lot of my girls who had economics higher than what some of their other ones. Um, one really sticks out is that we had um, eight girls that were on school wa uh, fee waivers at the time and couldn't afford their uniforms. And the president of uh, Pep Club at that time went home to her mom and told her that. And next thing I know, I've got the mom in crying in my office. What can we do? What can we do to make sure these girls have something? And um, so to see that bonding and um, um, charity that the, some of these girls learned. Um, and, and I think that that has happened even when I coached volleyball and uh, softball. Um, was just in seeing that that you bring different um, economics, uh, different growth, and um, and you know neighborhoods together, and they become one. 
and um, where they wouldn't, because there, we have kids from each side of the valley going to um, our schools. And so they're not ones that are usually running around together. They're not going to church together. They're not, you know, the only time they do see each other is at school, but it did bring a lot of growth. And when we had homeless, uh, I had a couple of them that were living in homeless shelters and to watch the growth from uh, the girls that were in these homeless shelters into what they knew what they wanted in life and help them grow. It was, it was a great experience. Yeah. And again, those are those great stories that we love to hear uh, that happened because of sports and through sports uh, that might not have happened otherwise, you know, and I, I think most ADs would love to have a, a thriving pep club uh, for their <laughs> sports teams too. Very cool stuff. Uh, once again, we're visiting with Missy Mackey Whiters, and she's the athletic director at Salt Lake City Public Schools. We're going to take another quick break, but we'll be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Final Forms for their support of the podcast. Final Forms is the industry leader in registration, but they're more than just forms. Final Forms is a team. It's technology. And they provide schools with compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility. They have reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come with athletics. Final Forms can also help with team communication and attendance, and even certification management for coaches. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. And it does this with secure language translation. You know, it's time for you to talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with the Final Forms team. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Missy, uh, we always like to have our guests um, have the opportunity to give a shout out to the mentors that they've had in their life. Of course, there's a lot, but uh, who are a couple of people that have helped you uh, along the way? I think when you sent me that question, um, I think I, I was going back through because, you know, as the older you get, the, like you said, the more you have. Um, but one of the greatest mentors in my life was my grandmother. My grandmother played uh, softball for um, the Shamrocks here in Salt Lake. And it was during World War II. And so whenever I watch a league of their own, that's who I think of as my grandmother. She was a catcher. And um, she was, she continued even after she had kids to uh, had my mom to still continue to play. And she really supported me in um, my athletic endeavors and uh, wanting to push ahead and was excited as more women's sports opened up at that time. So uh, my grandmother was a big mentor of mine in a lot of ways and, and especially through athletics. Um, I've had a couple of others that um, one would have been a Janet Thurgood from the University of Utah and uh, Sandy Beveridge. And they were both my coaches up, up there um, in the 70s. And uh, they were the ones who got me back into athletics and back into sports and into teaching and coaching um, back in the early 90s. And so, um, and to leave that field of numbers, and which was boring, uh, accounting. So that's where I really wanted to be was back in with working with kids and, um, and into the world of sports again. Wow. Uh, what a great, uh, connection to have with your grandmother, uh, you know, playing, uh, I, I just, uh, the scenes from that movie were coming back to me. How, uh, did she comment about the movie? Was it a, an accurate portrayal of, of what it was like back then? She felt it was, yes. Mm -hmm. She said she remembers traveling and having to wear the dresses in, you know, instead of, especially as a catcher. Right. She said it was really um, tough. And um, she loved, she loved every minute of it. Um, and she said, you know, the movie brought back a lot of memories to her. And, uh, and 
some good, some bad, and especially having to fight the men's world. And when the men came back from war, she said, you know, it was really sad to watch how they were pushed aside, the women were pushed aside. And so she was, she was happy to see back in, as time went on, of uh, uh, women coming more forward, especially in the world of athletics and sports. Oh, wow. Appreciate you sharing that. Once again, our guest today is Missy Mackey Whiters. She's a certified athletic administrator, and she's the director of athletics uh, for the Salt Lake City School District. We're going to take another break, but please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and find out how you can start creating world-class marketing content for your school's social media channels. That's gipper.com. You can do it in seconds on any device and without needing any design experience. Uh, as I like to say, it's so simple, even I can do it. Okay. Our uh, virtual backdrop for the podcast is through Gipper, and our podcast announcements are now on Gipper templates. Go to gipper.com and start creating world-class marketing content for your school. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Missy, you and I have been doing this for a couple of years, uh, but we've got a lot of younger athletic directors that listen, and I think it's important to share the journey that, uh, that we have been on. So share a little bit about uh, you know, your experience. Uh, how did you first uh, hear about uh, UIAAA in, in the state of Utah and your involvement with NIAAA? Uh, share a little bit about your journey. Um, when I first became the athletic director, um, I started receiving emails from the UIAAA and, and wasn't sure what it was really all about because it wasn't something that was really totally, you know, that at that time I was introduced to at the beginning. Um, then I was put on the ADAC committee and asked, uh, told that I was going, I, Dave Boyack called me. I remember he was on the golf course and said, by the way, your name's been put in for region six. You're the new ADAC representative. And I went, what in the heck is that? You know? So um, with that committee, I, I was on for uh, probably six years and loved every minute of it, working with Hutch and, and um, Rich Barton and many of the others that names that do you know um, from, our, from our state of Utah. They helped me build a lot as an athletic director and being able to be involved with them. And um, and watching their through their experiences, looking what to do, and um, I reached out to them quite a bit. Um, Rich Barton, I think, is probably one of my one of my favorite people that uh, that helps, and he's always there encouraging. Um, and uh, so I, I was able to serve on that. And but at that time, I started going to the NIAAA um, conferences, and. Uh, my very first one was in Orlando and we started going to the classes and I was like, oh, wow. I, I you know, at that time getting your CAA wasn't a big push and um, as it is now. And I do have my project and stuff to finish my CMAA. I've already, I just have to submit everything um, because that to me was my, one of my biggest goals is make sure that, you know, I've reached the top of what we, that we have as athletic directors. And I think that's really important, um, especially I, my district has supported us in our CAAs, in obtaining our CAAs. Um, I have one athletic director now who needs to take her um, test and she forgot to send in the paperwork. So when she went to sit for the test, wasn't able to. Yeah. So at that time, we'll all be CAAs at least with minimum and, um, uh, when Monica takes her test. And I think that's really important because where else can you as an athletic director have professional development um, and learn best practices? And, but from our LTI classes that we have. And um, through that, I've been able to now teach um, on the um, NIAAA level. And that has been awesome because I've taught here on the UIAAA and love it. I love teaching, but I love teaching more about what I have passion for. And that is for our sports and our kids and how can it build them into uh, becoming adults and giving them lifelong experiences. 
and uh, and also being on the accreditation committee is meeting new people, new ideas, new um, you know things that you you just don't behind the scenes you're not aware of that are taking place on the national level at, until you are, are actually involved on the national level. Yeah. I mean, you you hit on all of of those key points. You know, take taking the courses. You know, getting involved, which uh, those on their own are just great experiences. You know, that's what leads to the CAA. You know, you take the uh, the exam, take 790, so you can start teaching in your own state. You know, at your own conference. Uh, can you know continue to get involved, get on a committee. You were on accreditation. I was on certification for a number of years and just those relationships. That's how I met those people you mentioned, Rich Barton, you know, Hutch Hunter and, and all the others. Uh, and it, it takes me back to that very first LTI course that I took and those instructors, I'm thinking, boy, this is really cool. I wonder if I can ever do this. And uh, so again, if you're listening, you know, Missy just outlined, you know, the path uh, to get involved. Very cool stuff. For our listeners, we are visiting today with Missy Mackie Whiters. She's a certified athletic administrator on the cusp of getting her CMAA and uh, also the district athletic director for Salt Lake City Schools. We're going to take another break, hear from one of our sponsors, but please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can find out more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your program by going to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Welcome back, everyone. Once again, our guest is Missy Mackie Whiters, Certified Athletic Administrator from Salt Lake City, Utah. Missy, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, one of the things that we like to do is this idea of sharing best practices. So what are a couple of things that, you know, you do in your schools or that you've seen in your experience that you'd like to pass on to our listeners as best practices? I think... Um... It starts with our coaches um, in best practices in making sure we're, we are getting the best coaches that we can. Um, I know that a lot of parents don't think sometimes what we do is, is right um, and they have their own opinions. But what I've seen um, each of our schools do is to make sure that our coaches, that they're, what's best for the kids and what's best for the schools. And, um, and that not what's best for the parents, but what's best for their, for the kids and in making sure that our coaches are certified and, um, that they have gone through all of the trainings that are required, um, for register my athlete, but we also go a step further in our district and they have to do our district trainings also. Um, and so that has, that's, I don't know if a best practice, but I think it has also helped in um, situations such as when it comes down to FERPA and, um, and different things like that, that our lay coaches that are not teachers, because um, we do have a lot of them that are outside of um, the, the schools um, that do coach because they love kids, they love to sports, uh, and they want to be able to coach those kids um we we they put their you know all their time and efforts into it but they're not aware of a lot of things such as child abuse sexual abuse you know sexual contact and stuff like that and and that's where um our district in we have them do there's eight trainings that they need to do on top of the ones that we have and we Hat, we, we do the best we can in trying to make sure that that is completed before they even begin to coach. Um, and so they don't even be, get their um, fingerprinting done until all of those things are completed. And I think that has helped us in avoiding a lot of problems that, you know, I've seen some of the other schools come across um, and or across the nation, you hear of different things that have, uh, that happen. Um, I think the other thing is making sure best practices. We have full time ads now in my district. Um, we had not had those before. We only had them as half time. They were teachers the other half. Um, but having them where they have their full um, 
They're full-time. They are have their hands on it at all times, which allows parents, coaches, and kids to be able to reach out to our um, athletic directors at different times of the day versus where they're teaching. And I've seen the difference that that has helped in our athletic programs and in our schools in building um, community with our students as well as with our parents and with our coaches. And um, and I and I think that helps a lot in. I mean, our, our athletic directors all over are stressed to the max when it comes to um, being an AD. Um, I know that, you know, all the nights that I spend away from home, um, even though all my, my children are all grown and out of the house, I got I, that I had my husband uh, start doing stats for football or doing the book for basketball just so we could see each other. And um and got him involved and now he's the head coach of girls and boys golf at, at the school I was at. So um, I think that as an athletic director, you put your time, your effort, your soul, your sweat and tears into doing what is best for kids and what's best for coaches in the schools. And, um, you know, I think those are two, at least two of the things that we've been able to do in our district that has been able to help our programs and help our, our athletes. No, I would agree 100% about the um, certification uh, for your coaches, particularly, you know, those community coaches, you know, the people that teach in your building, they're going to go through those trainings as an educator. But, you know, that person coming, uh, you know, as we say, from the community or off the street, yeah. I've had a number of them at my schools when I was uh, still in AD, they, they would say the same thing. I didn't realize, you know, all the things you had to go through, you know, to do this. And uh, it really raises the bar, I think, as far as the perception of the, you know, what a professional coach, it's not just, you know, Billy uh, or Mary, you know, off the street, you know, uh, yeah. th these people are, are, are really, they're professional coaches, very cool stuff. Um, we'll do this at the end, but if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit and find out more about how you do things at your school, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Is to go to the Salt Lake City School District um, webpage. And if they go under athletics, they can see my email on there and email me or give me a call up my work phone number, um, which is also listed on that page. I would say they can email me Missy dot Mackey hyphen whiters at Salt Lake City School District dot org, but nobody will know how to spell that correctly. So the best is to go onto the web page and be able to pull it off from there. There you go. Again, for our listeners, where our guest today is Missy Mackey Whiters from the Salt Lake City School District. Um, go to that website and uh, shoot her an email, pick her brain a little bit. We're going to take another break. Uh, I know you're shocked, but uh, we have our sponsors we want to acknowledge. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our newest sponsor, Snap Raise. Uh, there's a lot of fundraising groups out there, but Snap Raise is the best one that I've seen. Snap Raise uh, believes that better fundraising makes better programs. Uh, depart from the headaches of the past, uh, no more selling products or management of lists and inventory and outreach. Uh, you also are not dealing with any upfront costs. Uh, your data is secure. Uh, you want to choose the best fundraiser for you and your school, and SnapRaise can make a big difference. It's easy and effective, it's safe and secure, and you can track participation and progress. Go to snapraise.com, Check out their testimonials from the schools that they have helped raise thousands of dollars. Okay, snapraise.com. Change your fundraising game plan and start your fundraiser today. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Missy, um, since we started doing these interviews a little over two years ago, uh, one of our consistent questions as uh, involved this idea of social awareness. And I know that's a big umbrella, but um, in our position as leaders, as athletic directors, how can athletic directors do a better job for their stakeholders of being socially aware? Now, do you have any advice for us? I think it's knowing and reading your community. I think that's a big, big thing. Um, it's in knowing what, who are you serving? Um, not just 
not just our the kids, but as our communities. Um, the community makes up a big a big part of your schools, and that includes all all of the people within your areas and your neighborhoods. And because uh, my schools are very diverse in their communities, um, I think it's really important as an athletic direct director to know what your communities you are, you're serving, not just the teens and just not um, the kids. Getting your parents involved, um, becoming more aware of, um, we speak over a hundred languages in our district. Um, becoming more aware of, of some of the cultural differences that the kids have and, and supporting those um, cultural um, differences in working with our kids. Um, I think that that has helped a lot um, in our, especially with some of our coaches that come from maybe different areas of the valley. We are in an urban district, we're the most urban district in Utah. And so we, like I said, we speak over a hundred languages. So I think it's really important as we hire coaches is they recognize what, um, what they're getting into. And that is um, a lot of our diversities that we have within inside our district. And I think it's really important. I also think it's important that we hire coaches that are of, uh, are of diverse uh, populations. And so that kids can see um, people like them, um, let's say, um, and being able to see what they can accomplish also. And as we see, uh, we have um, a lot of players who have football players who have gone out and are in the NFL and what a great um, role model so are for those kids and but I also take it that it's our coaches that help feed that um, to help um, our kids to be able to accomplish those goals yeah um, obviously you know the hiring part is is so important you know having those role models there um, are you guys doing anything I'm not trying to put you on the spot but are, are you doing anything um, more directly with, with students in that area? Any student activities uh, that you can share? They do. Um, a lot of our, uh, especially our football teams, I think are probably the most that do that. They will do luau's. They'll do, um, you know, have food of, the, of some of the cultures that are on their teams. Um, and, and I think that that's been a great um, uh, opening for a lot of our kids in being able to see um, where their cultures, different cultures have come from and not just some of us that are, have been born and raised in Utah and um, are of that uh, my, the majority and being able to open it up for uh, our kids to be able to see other areas of, of the world through the eyes of their teammates. Yeah. You mentioned Luau. Uh, it took me back to my college days. I went to a small college in Oregon, but we had a very large uh, Hawaiian uh, population and there's an annual Luau. They still do it. Uh, just very, very cool stuff. Uh, you know, just excellent stuff. Um, again, for our listeners, we're visiting today with Missy Mackey Whiter, Certified Athletic Administrator and the Director of Athletics for the Salt Lake City School District. Gonna take another break, but we'll be back. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their athletes play better using video and analytics. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They've got online tools, they have smart cameras. They've always had analytics, but there's so much more. Huddle's also built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high school and college programs, and even the pros use Huddle to help their teams perform at the highest level. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student-athletes and a lot of their parents. If you want to find out more about how Huddle can help you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, Missy, a um, hundred years ago, when I was in high school, 
uh, our coaches used to say things like, you know, come on, you got to be tough or come on, you got to suck it up. And, you know, we, we knew what they meant and we did it. Uh, since then, uh, I know we have gotten so much better at communicating these ideas to student athletes, but I still think toughness is an important part of athletics and it's an important part of life. So my question to you, how can we help kids develop toughness while also being sensitive to the very real uh, challenges that a Generation Z kid is experiencing that I never had to go through? Do you have any advice? Well, you know, I think uh, the book Inside, um, Inside Out Coaching um, has helped me a lot in looking in a different way of coaching and not being on the outside of coaching and, um, and then going inside. It's coming from the outside, inside out. And I think that right there, and, and it was you at the class that I was in that mentioned this book. And so I hurried and downloaded it right then um, at the class when I took your class um, last December. And one of the things I was that is bringing our kids of what it means, not just being physically tough, not just being mentally tough, but also to be emotionally tough. And how do we do that? How do we build the best athlete, not just from physically, but to be able to be, bring them socially, emotionally? to be aware of those type of things with our kids. And I think social and um, emotional awareness is really important these days. And it's not just yelling and screaming and swearing at a kid. It's, it's also, it's teaching them from inside how to be charitable, how to be humble, how to be tough um, emotionally that way in being able to help others and to be able to work together as a team and just not as, your, as an individual. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I still look back at those days uh, and we, I don't want to say we didn't know any better, but it was just, that's how it was. Uh, but uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, communicating those ideas uh, is the key to success. And, the, and those coaches that, that are, uh, that are winning, you know, that they're winning because of their ability to communicate, you know, their ideas uh, to their student athletes. Very good stuff. Well, this has been really cool, you know, uh, reconnecting, as I mentioned at the start of the show, uh, we uh, connected uh, at the NADC, but uh, we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break and hear from uh, Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack that sponsor the segment. But when we come back, uh, I'm going to ask you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So when we come back, we're going to find out what uh, Missy Mackie Whiters is going to put into her athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. As I said, we want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also connects you with the 95% of the parents and the student athletes that really love your program and it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their website, and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466, or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, I have had a great time visiting with um, our guest today, Missy Mackie Whiters from Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, but Missy, uh, I'm challenging you right now to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in your athletic director toolbox? Well, it's interesting you say that. I have a brand new one coming on at one of my high schools. I just found out yesterday who it was. And I, the one, so this really helped me in thinking what would I want for our next athletic director? Um, one of the 
people that I did forget to mention that has been a big influence in my life in here I, as an AD has been Jamie Sheets uh, from Park City, Utah. And what, Jamie um, helped me a lot as an uh, early athletic director. And one of the things that he kept saying to me over and over again, I think he was president of the ADAC when I first went on, um, was that make sure of being involved um, and being involved with the UIAAA, being involved with the NIAAA, but it was working on the CAA and becoming more knowledgeable uh, about what an athletic director does. A lot of principals, a lot of times will just choose a person because they have that hole in the schedule and they need somebody. They don't look at really what does an athletic director can um, consist of. And so my three tips are, is first all, is to make sure that um, they have joined the UIAAA and the, and the NIAAA, uh, we have a, a dual state um, option, so that's good. And, um, and being in, in working on their CAA and um, immediately in starting as soon as they can. And now that they've got so many classes online, I think it's fabulous. Um, our state of Utah also now has where um, my district anyway, they're allowing our, CA, our uh, LTI classes for lane changes. And um, so that has been a real positive in encouraging our athletic directors. So I think, you know, one is becoming involved uh, with your state and your national organizations, too, is making sure that you are signed up for your LTI classes. And whether it's one or four um, classes, when you go to your state conferences, um, you walk out of there with so much knowledge and new ideas um, that I think it's really important. And I, then the other tip for a new AD is really getting to know your coaches. Make sure you have those coaches meetings, have those meetings and being able to let them know what are the protocol for your district in purchasing, in, um, in, you know, in your trainings. And uh, as the athletic director, you are the tip of the iceberg. You know, you've got this huge iceberg underneath you or you're the umbrella over all of athletics. And parents are going to come to you. They're not going to come to a lot of coaches a lot of times. They're going to come to you to complain about the coach. And so where, what, how are you going to handle those? Um, those parents that do come, especially when they come attacking coaches. Um, and where do you stand with that? So I think um, maybe that was more than three. But um, I, I believe that the, the first big things are becoming involved in um, your state, your state organization, the national organization, getting that CAA. You can, you can get that CAA in less than a year now with it being online. And, um, and, and hopefully your district or your school supports you on doing that because it has made better athletic directors for me um, as, our, as, we, as our athletic directors have gone through all of the classes to become CAAs. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, the ease uh, with which you can, you know, meet those requirements uh, is certainly, uh, you know, much better than back in the day. Uh, and it wasn't that tough back then either. But uh, uh, great, great tools. Thanks for sharing. Well, it took longer back then. <laughs> A little bit longer. Online. <laughs> one more time, uh, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and uh, pick your brain a little bit, and listeners, I certainly encourage you to do so. Uh, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Um, go to Salt Lake City School District website and go under athletics. And um, my email, missy.mackey-whiters at slcschools.org is there. I encourage you to copy it from there instead of trying to spell it because even I can mess it up myself as, as I'm spelling it. So um, that long name. And I would love to hear from other people. I love hearing from all over the uh all over our the country here. Um, I've loved doing those international classes too, um, just to be able to get to know uh, other ADs from other countries and what are, what are some of their challenges and what they do to overcome those challenges. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what we need, um, you know, Sherry Stice and Ed Lockwood to do is send you and I off on an international uh, mission. You know, uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right. 
Missy, thanks so much for sharing today. Um, all the best as you uh, continue to try to squeeze in some summer vacation. And uh, we'll look forward to connecting again, uh, if not before, uh, in Nashville. All right. For our listeners, uh, we appreciate you tuning in today. Remember, the Zoom recordings of all of our interviews are being uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, thanks again for listening today. Come back again just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time. And before we go, we want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive Indoor Scoring Tables and Video Boards. They can help you generate funds for your athletic department, but also create the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live demo to see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Thanks again for listening. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next time on the Educational AD Podcast.